0: Welcome to another episode of my USNA Mid-Moms and More podcast. My podcast series is based on my book, A USNA Moms Journal, Plebe Summer Through Commissioning, Everything You Need to Know. All of the information in my podcast and the blog is meant to equip parents and empower them for the journey ahead so that they may navigate it successfully. Thank you again for joining me, and I am very happy with today's guest. Many of you will recognize him. He has been um, a little bit absent for, a, for some time, but you will uh, recognize him for sure. So I'm very excited to have with me today a very, very special guest, a classmate of my son and my daughter-in-law, actually. And oh, Cyber Majors. <laughs> yeah, Cyber Majors, also famous and infamous throughout the parent community in a good way. Um, with Academy Insider, and my very special guest is Grant Vermeer. So Grant, if uh, I'm so excited to have you with me uh, here. And if you can just, for the parents that don't know you, because um, you've been deployed and uh, just out in the fleet, so mm-hmm. there are probably a couple of classes that are not familiar with you. And then for, of course, sure. those that are, if you can introduce yourself a little bit, um, tell us your connection. To, of course, the Naval Academy, which is evident, but any like company information or anything you did there. And then, of course, your service community, because I think what you did was so cool. And I'm um, just welcome home.
1: Yeah. Welcome home. Well, first of all, thank you so much. I, I'm you don't understand how excited I am to be doing <laughs> this right now, uh, just from so many reasons. I hope I don't forget how to how to do this, <laughs> how to talk on. Oh, I, I, doubt but... I, I doubt that. I doubt that. Um. But no, seriously. Thank you so much, and thank you everything. Thank you for everything you do for the Naval Academy community and the Naval Academy parent community. Again, this is this has been my mission as well, and so I, I'm just so grateful for everything you do and educating all the people who want to learn more about the Naval Academy experience, so they can better love their midshipmen and better understand and better help and better support. Like it's it's amazing. So thank you so much for everything you do, um, and thank you for having me on the podcast. This is so exciting. So. Yeah, for everyone listening, my name is Grant Vermeer. I was a class of 2017 graduate from the Naval Academy. Um, I was in the 26th Company, which is out in 8th Wing on 8 Zero, where the Rough Riders. So, everything in our company area was really focused on Teddy Roosevelt. We were all about Teddy Roosevelt in 26th Company as the Rough Riders. I was a member of the varsity basketball team all four years. Um, and then after graduating, I got selected to serve in the cryptologic warfare community, which led to the majority of my service happening. Um, being based out of Fort Meade, Maryland at the National Security Agency, um, which was amazing. And uh, in a crazy turn of events, and not even turn of events, but conclusion of everything, because it feels like I just showed up at the academy yesterday. Um, I did separate from the service. I did, I did my five years in old school five and dive. So I am uh, officially a civilian as of January 1st of this year. And um, it's amazing. And so I'm just so grateful to Uh, Be here to be able to talk about all the things that you want to discuss today. So I appreciate it.
0: Oh, well, welcome back, Brant. We've missed you for sure. And uh, thank you for everything that you do, and that have done for the parents uh, to keep us uh, on the right path. (laughs) So we're going to take a walk down memory lane for a minute um, because the class of 2027. And I can't even keep them straight anymore, because I'm a BGO. So the class of 28 is already in the pipeline. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's crazy. Uh, So walk down memory lane during your days, if you can recall, maybe Uh, my kids claim that they can't remember anything, because it's been supplanted by (laughs) reef points and by all the stuff they've learned in the fleet. But I'm hoping that your memory is better about sleep summer and being a a plebe. Um, and it's something that like my, my dad is a 59 grad and you would meet him tomorrow and there would be an instant connection. This, uh, mm-hmm. this experience of plebe summer, plebe year is a bond that just uh, ties all generations of USNA grads together. Um, why, why do you think that's the case? Why do you think plebe summer is, is such, so instrumental in binding these generations together?
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to give you a really complex answer here and uh, okay. say, it's just really freaking hard. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> and so I think like, you know, we have all of these discussions, but at the end of the day, it's just a really difficult time, right? And it can be difficult for so many reasons based on who you are as a person and what makes you up. For some people, the physical component of pleep summer is what makes it so challenging, right? For other people, it may be the mental aspect and trying to memorize all these reef points and having all this stress. And for other people, it's the emotional component, which was definitely me. <laughs> I was a I was a big time struggling on the emotional side. Uh, I love my family. Being away from home was like really difficult for me. Um, and so that's the thing is that it's just going to put you to the test and push your limits on all aspects of your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual boundaries. And, and as a result, everyone can resonate with that because it was just really hard, right? And so... I think that's kind of the thing. And I think by the end of your time at the Academy and Service, what you really realize is that it's unique, right? And so to have this really unique experience that there's only a certain number of people who truly understand, you will always have that connection, right? And I think everyone starts to realize the generational changing opportunities that exist in Annapolis from the experience to the leadership lessons, to the network, to the community, to all these different aspects. It is a generational changing opportunity to be an Annapolis graduate, right? And so, because of all those aspects, and the fact that it was based out of being really hard, is kind of what just keeps everyone connected through now until until their last day walking on this earth, right? And so, that's that's the answer. It's hard.
0: Yeah. Hard. I, that that is that is a simple yet complex answer. You're absolutely <laughs> right. It is an experience that just resonates through generations of grads because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what year you commissioned. And it's funny too, I think, because as you look back, you remember plebe summer slightly more fondly than as you're going through it and and mm-hmm. you're and you're trying to just survive minute to minute, right?
1: Yes, that's what us millennials like to refer to as type two fun, which is it's not fun. But once you're past it, you look back and you're like, okay, that was, a, that was an okay experience. <laughs> that works out.
0: <laughs> I'm not there anymore, so I can look back <laughs> and say it's okay.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> and moving on to kind of toward plebe year. Mm-hmm. What was the most valuable lesson you learned going through plebe year? Because plebe year is, is part of that difficult transition. And, and of course, I, we always tell parents, Plebe summer is one third, plebe years is the next third, and youngster second class and first year are the last third. What was most memorable or what did you learn a surviving plebe year? And mm-hmm. then if you can add, what was the toughest part for you? And then was there a best part perhaps?
1: Sure. Um, I guess it was, I'll start by just addressing like what the hardest part for me was. And I kind of made a joke about it earlier, but it was the emotional component. Okay. For me, being away from home was extremely difficult. I'm a person, I'm, I'm a lover. For anyone who knows me, I love love. I love familial connection. I love all these different things. And so for me to be away from my support system and be away from my family, that was extremely difficult. And that was difficult through the entirety of year of because I had to get accustomed and used to a new way of life. Hmm. Right. And so for me, I was, I was craving that, that love and support that I had when I'm so blessed to have had growing up in a, in a daily manner from my, my parents and my siblings. Right. So from that aspect, that was really difficult. Was trying to adjust from that and being away from, from home and having to learn how to to function on my own really, Mm -hmm. right. For all intents and purposes it's being there and being in a new way of life and being in a new culture and and embracing it. Mm -hmm. And so that piece was really hard, which I think comes to the biggest lesson that I learned out of grief summer because you know, it's one of these things that, you know, people may forget what you do, all these different things, but nobody will ever forget how you make them feel, right? And this is where my biggest lesson from Plebe Summer and Plebe Beer comes in, which is that leadership matters. And we think leadership is this big thing. It's all these complex strategies and things. But at the end of the day, leadership matters. And you should never underestimate the impact you can make on someone's life with simple actions literally with the most simple actions of being kind to someone or helping them out or noticing, just taking that little bit of extra effort to understand that maybe something is off with that person right now mm-hmm. and I'm going to address yeah. it. And I'm going to talk to them. And I'm going to help them. Right. And I think that was really interesting because there were many times over replied somewhere where I was, I was on the brink of, of like, I'm, I got to get out of here. Right. Like I, I, I was, again, I was a recruited athlete. I came for basketball to be all full transparency. I was like, I wanted, I was like, when's basketball start? <laughs> we haven't practiced in three <laughs> weeks. So what's, what the heck's happening here, right? And, uh, and so there were, there were times where it was really difficult and it's one story just from my plebe summer where I was having a really bad day, right? I, I was kind of having a bad experience and then I was having a bad day on top of that. day. You
0: we were having your day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, um. And, you know a gunnery sergeant's walking down the hallway and he's got the red badge on which means he's the duty officer of the day the staff duty officer the sdo and i know i'm standing as the c company mate of the desk i'm on watch and i'm like i'm like i'm i don't know how i'm gonna mess this up but like i'm gonna mess this up and this is just gonna be the worst day ever because the marine corps uniforms especially when you're new are hard to differentiate between a staff sergeant a gunnery sergeant, what is it? Like, are there two, you know, thing rockers underneath? Like, I can't see it's on their their sleeve on the side and I'm seeing his face. Like, do I say gunnery sergeant? Do I say staff sergeant? I don't know. But if I say one, I'm going to get it wrong. I guarantee (laughs) it, right? So you're just like, you're going in your head. You're just like, oh, this is going to be horrible. And, um, you know, out of nowhere, my company officer walked out of his office and just stood next to me Mm -hmm. on the desk, like at, at CMOD. Because a gunnery sergeant, when they see a lone plebe standing there, they're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna they're gonna, <laughs> help, they're, gonna you know, get, they're gonna make <laughs> they're a they're
0: beeline for him. you,
1: right? Yep. But if you're if your officer is there, like your actual company officer, lieutenant, or you know, a lieutenant in the navy, a captain in the marine corps, whatever it is, is standing there, the SDOs is kind of gonna kind of go past, right? They're just gonna kind of walk past because that lieutenant's there and they're having a conversation with them. They're gonna assume there's some mentorship or some kind of conversation going on. That's what it is. So he walks past. And Lieutenant Burke has a conversation with me, a 10 minute conversation, just, Hey, how's it going? Oh, what were your favorite shows? Like growing up, we, we, we talked about how I met your mother for like five minutes, right? Like, there are these little things. But what's so crazy is that this five to 10 minute conversation, just this man walking out of his office, standing next to me and talking to me, potentially could have been the difference between me leaving the Naval Academy and me not leaving the Naval
0: wow. Academy. Wow. Wow. Right?
1: And so... I think that's the biggest thing, and this is what I try to, to tell everyone, is that you can never underestimate the impact you can have on someone's life with the simplest of actions. Paying attention to them, listening mm-hmm. to them, and then treating them with a little bit of kindness can literally be the difference in somebody's life or path or whatever it is, right? And okay, so yeah. um, that's, the, that's the biggest lesson that I learned um, as a result of plebe
0: Well, that's, that's a a profound, and that's an incredible lesson to learn. And I'm sure that it molded you as a leader, when you became an officer and went out to the fleet as well, which Mm -hmm. we'll get to in a little bit. So thank you for sharing that, because that is so true. We focus on the intricacies of leadership on the theories of leadership, but the application, the everyday application can be so simple, and can have such a great effect on an individual positive or negative. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the other thing, too, is that words can build up or tear down. So how you say it, and even the intonation, that's why I don't like emails sometimes, because (laughs) it's all in the frame of mind, right? So thank you for sharing that. A little bit forward into the act year. Right about now, plebes are realizing just how much their detailers did for them. I remember, <laughs> I don't know if you were, were you a, a summer detailer, a plebe summer detailer? I was.
1: I was a plebe summer so, detailer. And my and my we control book- their life.
0: Yeah, my oldest was second set ops in his company. And mm-hmm. he said, all they have to do is stay alive, mom. We do everything
1: else.
0: <laughs> and so right about now, they're no, they're realizing how much their detailers actually did for them. And mm-hmm. they have to prioritize their time. They have to figure out what, where they have to be, when, what they have to bring, right? And they may be quite overwhelmed as they transition into the act year. And some of them may even be thinking of leaving. Like, th- th- just, this is just not for me. So what what would you say? What would you say to these plebes that are overwhelmed and even those that may be thinking of leaving?
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. And funny is I feel like I have a story just for almost everything that happened. You know, the first assignment that I ever received at the Naval Academy, it's a Naval History class, right? I, we're, we're four days into the academic year after plebe summer. And as we have discussed in the first 10 minutes of this episode, I believe summer was a little rough for me. <laughs> I believe summer was a little rough, so I'm already I'm already on a, on shaky ground here, and uh, you know I'll save the details of the story. I tell the story a lot on on Academy Insider, but basically um, I changed the size of my periods on the paper from 12 point font to 12.5 font because i needed to get it over the the uh the three page mark because the only limitation was like hey the paper just needs to be longer than three pages i read this paper it's great i'm happy with it i was like i don't want anything else so i go into my microsoft bag word of tricks and change the size of my periods to push it over three pages and um you know uh, as it turns out that was not a good move (laughs) i i get called into my uh you know my teacher's office he's he's a navy captain right he's got the big gold eagle or silver eagles on his collar right and um he sits down and he just, he just goes into me. He's like, do you think I'm stupid? Right. All this stuff. Well, you think I wouldn't notice the size of, you know, you changing the size of your periods. You have no honor. You have no integrity, blah, 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 all these things. And uh, you know, it's funny as again, looking back and I I explained this story far more um, in other times, but I just learned, you know, so much about the standards of the Naval Academy because again, there's no, everything at the Academy, you, you get a set of of rules and regulations and standards and guess what? You better meet it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that was a great, you know, life lesson to have, but that's, that's a topic for another time. The point of this is about the fact that it made me feel horrible (laughs) and I was, I was done. I was like, all right, if pleep summer wasn't enough, like now, now there's no way I was like, I can (laughs) barely survive this place right now. Like, I definitely can't survive this place on restriction, right? There's no way if I get an honor yeah. offense, like there's no uh-uh. If I'm mustering four or five times, uh, there's no chance, right? And so I get on the phone and I'm with my mom. I'm like, I, I you gotta <laughs> like, you got to get me out of here. You got to save me. Like there's no way. And um, you know, it it was after a lot of conversation and things. And my dad is my number one person who can calm me down. Like he's the, he is the guy that that can speak to me, right, and just speak logic and sense to me. And um, you know, what's crazy is. The academy can generate a lot of emotion, right? I mean, because of the stress, yeah. because of the pressure, because of the difficulty, it's very easy to get in high emotional state. Yes. And so my number one piece of advice, there's a long way to get to this, but my number one piece of advice is that you should never make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. Out
0: of emotions. Right?
1: Because if if I had ever made decisions about leading the academy because of how I was feeling in that moment, Right. Again, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I wouldn't have had the life experiences that I had and who knows what I would have been doing, right? And I think from that aspect, that's my number one piece of advice uh, on on this topic for people at the Academy is that, again, when it comes to making permanent decisions, never make it in an emotional state, right? Find your calmness, find your rationality. And then, you know, if it doesn't make sense, then, hey, whatever you need, but don't do it out of a a place of emotion.
0: That is great advice because I think... uh, Plebes, because they're exhausted, because they're stressed out, because they're in this pressure cooker, many times do make those decisions out of uh, emotion, and then they look back and they regret it. And I always tell parents that there has not been a single person that I've met, and I've met many who have um, left or been separated from the academy that don't regret having been mm-hmm. separated or having left. It's very important, as you said, to do things in a logical way way to kind of step back and take a breath. So that's great advice. Thank you for that, Grant. And thank you for sharing your, your story too. So keep those keep those <laughs> periods uh, the right size, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. No um, shortcuts.
0: Yeah, no shortcuts. That, that's another lesson. No shortcuts. You do it the right sure. way or you just don't do it. And so how did this whole thing through plebe summer and plebe year, and we talked about this a little bit, how did it mold your attitude as an officer?
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's really funny because a lot of people talk about the different stereotypes, maybe is the, is the right word, of academy graduates versus officers who came through ROTC or OCS and how we're entitled and all these different things. And not to just to reiterate this, but for me, it was my experiences there made me realize that all this comes down to is caring about the people mm. who are a part of my team. How am I going to help the sailors that that I'm with, right? Because at the end of the day, like that was my biggest thing is this plebe experience, this idea of being at your lowest, right? They strip away everything from you. You're in this new place. You're in this, you just don't understand what's going on and you're in a difficult place. Mm -hmm. And to have someone just take those small actions and help me out, completely molded the approach I took to being an officer in the fleet, which is how am I going to treat the eighteen, the nineteen, the twenty-year-old sailor who just came from home, who doesn't know anyone, who's struggling. They, maybe they were trying to run away from a bad situation. Maybe they wanted to see the world. You know, maybe they weren't interested in something in the navy. But you'd be surprised at the amount of people who join. You know, our armed forces who were literally just like, "Well, there was nothing at home, <laughs> right?" No, I don't know. Right. What, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so, you know, you get this cast of characters, for lack of a better term. And so how are you going to turn them into a tool? How are you going to care about them? They've left their home. They've left their family. They have nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was my approach, which is, all right, I've been there and I had someone care about me. And so now I need to do the same. Right. I need to, I need to legitimately care about this person. I need to listen to this person. I need to help this person however I can. Right. And so that was my big thing. And I think sometimes, you know, where you went to school or how you got your commission, you know, there are all these things, but. The moment you show up to your first command, your first ship, your first squadron, your first submarine, whatever it is, if you show up and you're a good person, no one's going to make any jokes about the academy or no one's going to make any comments about you being an academy grad, right? Like if you show up and you're a good person, people will be like, oh yeah, um, I'm excited to have you on the ship, <laughs> right? Like this is good. And that was my biggest thing. That was my biggest thing is just being a good person, being a man or a woman for others, being focused on how you can support or help the people around you. If you, if you do those things, like, you're going to succeed because the people are going to appreciate you. They're going to help you, right? Like, again, when you show up to a ship or whatever the case is, you're in in a new process of learning everything. You have no idea what's going on, right? But there are a lot of people there that can support you. And so if you go in with a good attitude and um, the right mindset of how you can help other people, which just comes down to being a good person, you'll get taken care of.
0: If you're a good leader, you put others before self, which is exactly what you're talking about. So thank you for doing that. And I'm sure that they miss you out there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I miss them i miss them i miss them too all my uh, all my chiefs and sailors out there that i've been on deployment with yeah Oh man sailors oh I, i'll show again some stories yeah uh, you know later on in the episode the sailors do the darndest things uh, oh, so, yeah. oh my goodness it is but i miss <laughs> i miss some of the shenanigans i miss some of the tomfoolery and so uh it's always it's always fun to get a reminisce on, on some of the times <laughs>
0: So you mentioned your company commander and I'm sure you had many other people along the way who mentored Mm -hmm. you, and helped you, but how did you find them also aside from this company officer that stepped out of his office? Like what other types of mentors have you had and, and how did you find them?
1: This is a, this is a a broad topic. So I'm just going to, I'm going to touch on a couple of things that, that are really coming to the top of my mind on this one, which is that the first thing about just being so positive and pro naval academy is that in my opinion, this is the separator of the academy, right? Between any other college, if I'm like, oh, if I have a full ROTC scholarship to go to whatever school and then commission, and I'll still end up as an officer, amazing path, Mm -hmm. amazing path, but it's not gonna be the academy because of this, because of the access to so many amazing mentors that Mm -hmm. that are there to help you. Their sole job of being staff at the academy, again, they have a role, they have a bill. They have something they have to do for their day job, right, or whatever right. you want to call it. <laughs> but they're they're there to help you. They're there to mentor you, right? And um, you need to be proactive about it. And you need to find people. Like for me, it was it was so many things. Again, I was I had a mentor in the cyber community. I had a mentor through basketball. I had a mentor through my battalion where I lived in the academy. There's so many people that you come across that you really should be almost observing and being like. Who do I see that, like, I really appreciate, like, I I like what they're doing, right? Mm. Like to me, it resonates and then form a relationship with them. For me, I I think about all these aspects, right? My, my major mentors at the Academy, my first one, Captain Tortora, Paul Tortora at the cyber department. uh,
0: Is he still there? I don't even know if he's still there.
1: I don't know how many cyber nerds we have, um, at the Academy, but he worked with Chris Inglis, who was the former deputy director of the NSA, taught at the, the Academy, uh, they were part of Biden's administration for uh, developing our national cyber strategy. So okay. they took a little bit of a break to go do that. They were full-time at the White House and now they're back at the academy, right? So just to put in perspective, like the faculty at the Naval Academy, right? right. these are people developing our, our national policies and, right. and directives and strategies. And then to make it even more personal, when I showed up to the Naval Academy on my recruiting visit for the basketball team, I had expressed that I was interested in being a cyber major. Um, Captain Tortora came. And he sat and he talked to me for, for about half an hour. He gave me a full presentation about cyber warfare in, in the Navy and all these different aspects and how it ties into all these things and how you as a cryptologic officer can do this and X and Y and Z, which supports, you know, the Navy seal here, the person on the ship here, you know, the submarine here, right? And so you're like, this is cool, <laughs> Like this is cool. And um, <laughs> again, for someone to of that status, In stature, to come, not even a midshipman at the school, just a person who's thinking about coming to the school. Right. He came and he took an hour out of his day and he sat and he talked to me. Right. And so that was amazing. And over the course of time, he became a great friend and and a mentor to me at the academy. He even gave me his warfare pin. So when I commissioned into the cryptologic warfare community and I would eventually be earning my information warfare pin, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he gave me as a gift his information warfare pin that I could use to pin on me. Right. Like these are the kind of relationships that. Right, you don't get other places. And so to have someone in your career path who who cares about you and looks after you and is there to help you is unbelievable. There are just so many other examples, and I, I could spend four hours talking about mentors here at the academy, but I do just want to give a couple of quick acknowledgments to, to some amazing people. To to harp on this idea of small actions mattering and how you make people feel. Admiral Hello. Byrne. Yes. The king, the king of the Naval Academy. Did he do a lot of great things in the brigade at large? Absolutely. The things that made me love him is that like he would stand out in t court as kids were walking out to class and he'd stop and he'd talk to you he would see me i'm a plebe i'm a i'm a plebe i'm a nobody and the the commandant of midshipmen is out there captain Byrne. he sees me he's like he's like hey grant good luck in your game tonight gives me a big handshake and a hug Uh, like those kind of things that that can completely flip your day 180 four seconds four seconds sees me yeah Says my name, hey Grant, gives me a hug, knows I'm on the basketball team. Hey, good luck today. I hope you I hope you hit a couple three pointers tonight. Yeah. It, unbelievable, right? Like, and he did, everything he did was so simple. His motto, be excellent. Be excellent to yourself, be excellent to others, be excellent to this place. That's simple. These are the kind of things that like you start to see people that you resonate with and they invest in your life and they help you and they flip these things. Commander Mernain, he was the OIC of Pleve Summer. When I was the regimental commander of Pleap Summer, we built this phenomenal relationship. He taught me so much about organizational leadership. You're 21 years old. What are you supposed to be learning about managing (laughs) 1,500 people? But that was the experience that I had. And he sat with me every single day and we talked through all the frustrations. We talked through all the details. We talked through all these things. Where do you get that kind of experience? It doesn't happen. And so To have those people in my life, in my experience, it's literally invaluable. Like it, yes. there's, there's no price tag you can put on that. It's life-changing. it's life-changing. It's life-changing. Because
0: it molded who you became as, as, as a leader as well.
1: One hundred percent. And just 30 more seconds on this. Cause uh, I just, there's so many people that I just feel like I owe the world to. Major Lowe Krusinger, when I was at the Academy, he was the basketball rep. He was on the Commandant staff. When you talk about changing people's life, we, we read books together. I would come to his office and he'd be like, here's a book. We're reading it together. And on basketball road trips, we're going to talk about it. He tells me stories about his time in Afghanistan, in combat, all these different things about leading Marines. These are just people investing in your life and sharing personal stories that help them really reinforce what's important to them and in leadership. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. And then you're with your peers who are doing yeah. amazing things, right? I think peer mentors is in a completely overlooked portion of this too, right? Like, That's very I'm true. That's very
0: true because I always look at the mentors that are officers or senior enlisted officer, but peers can be, I know for, for my kids, there were some peer mentors that they had that they completely looked up to and kind of shaped some of the things that they adopted as leaders. So please tell us about peer mentors.
1: There's a common theme about me wanting to leave the baseball Academy early on. So I apologize for this. But I I was going through I was going through a rough time even up until uh two for seven. Right. So I'm at the end of my my youngster year and I'm I'm not convinced that I want to stay at the Naval Academy. Right. And I think this is, you know, it's really hard. And I had this mentor, Kevin Alter, right? And um, you know, he talks to me about these things because at the end of my youngster year of basketball, not to turn this into a basketball basketball story, but I played a lot my freshman year. Basketball was a really positive highlight for me at the academy. Okay. And especially my my plebe year. I'm playing a lot. Like this is so fun. It's a division one college basketball team. I'm out there, yeah. I'm playing a lot. I'm like, this is a dream to come true. Like this is what this is what, you know, fourteen year old Grant didn't know he was gonna be in the Navy, but he did he was hoping that he was gonna be playing college basketball.
0: Right. right? And so And division one to boot, so
1: it, it, it was a dream come true. And so, you know, over the course of over the summer and into my sophomore year, I become a starter, you know, first game of the year, the, the veterans classic I'm starting, you know, against Michigan state. It's me lined up next to Denzel Valentine, who's like, you know, a professional basketball player playing in the NBA. He's overseas now, but it's just like, these are crazy experiences. Right. And I get, I get hurt at, in my sophomore year, my youngster year towards the Christmas break time. And then basically my time uh, on the Naval Academy basketball team was never the same after that. <laughs> and uh, I never, I, I didn't play at all for the rest of my sophomore year. And I was basically a, a bench warmer my junior and senior year. Part of it's sad. There are a lot of great life lessons that we can talk about with it that yeah. I'm, I'm grateful it happened a certain way. Um, but also the thing is there were just kids who were younger that were just better than me uh, and, and amazing people. Sean Anderson, Bryce Doolin, all these kids who were a year or two younger than me came in and they were on top of uh, uh, being amazing people and some of my best friends to this day, just be- just better basketball players than me, <laughs> you know? So it was just like, all right, well, you know, you couldn't even be upset about it. Uh, yeah, no. So anyway, this went completely off the rails. I apologize. But yeah, so this guy, Kevin Alter, right. And he, he sits down and he talks to me and, and cause I was starting to get a little pouty. I'm, I'm getting a little pouty. I'm, I was a starter two months ago and now I'm not touching the floor. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm in my own head. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. Right. And, Simple things resonate with me, right? And, and he looked at me and he was like, he's like, great. The two things that, that you can control at any time are your attitude and your effort. And that's mm-hmm. it, right? You can let these external factors, you can let, you know, you not playing, let that affect you. But if you choose to pout about it and not work harder, then you're the loser, he is to, to this day, like my number one role model and mentor. He's 21 years old. I'm 19, right? This is a kid. This is a right, kid giving right. me this profound life advice. Right? And so it's just like this idea of these peer mentors who, um, who are willing to help out and give back. It just, it just, mm-hmm. it's life changing. And, um, you know, I think about people like Troy Thompson, Andrea Howard, all these amazing people who are going and doing out amazing things in the fleet now push you and, and challenge you in really positive ways. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and, and that kind of brings me to my next question. In high school, you're at cream of the crop, right? You're at the top of mm-hmm. your class. You get to the Naval Academy. And uh, my husband says it's like joining the NFL or the NBA because everybody's that good or better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And invariably, and by design, everything works toward failure at some point or another, right? Yeah. Um, and it's really hard for kids that have come through high school that are used to getting A's that are used to doing well in everything. And you were mentioning mm-hmm. about basketball um, that yeah. you got injured and that these players that are year behind you were just incredible players. So what advice would you give to plebes and mids mm-hmm. that face failure? That's a tough one.
1: Yeah, no, it, it is. But what's exciting is, uh there's so, there's so much to learn from it. And my whole thing was it, if you love it, just keep going. Right. And so this is like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you're going to fail and you're going to have difficult times. But like, if you love something, stick to it. And because at the end of the day, you can learn everything from both sides of a situation, whether you're succeeding in that situation, whether you're not doing so well in that situation, there's a lesson to learn in, in both of those situations and circumstances And I think kind of one of the the really interesting things to me about all of that was um, it was the number one teacher of humility to me in terms of not everything needs to be perfect and not everything needs to be right and you don't need to be the guy all the time, Right. right? And there's something about understanding your role Embracing your role and then excelling in your role to help the team win, right? And if you can do those things, especially in the fleet, right? Like, there are so many times where, uh, you know, you want to show up, you want to do all these amazing things, but like at the end of the day, that's not what the team needs. What the team needs is someone who's going to be super positive and helpful and just a good team player, right? Like, there are so many different situations. And then there are other times where the team needs you to be the guy or be the gal, right? And in which case, then you need to understand your role, accept that role, and then excel in that role, right? right? But at the end of the day, it is a role. And so to me, that that is what the failure taught me was, um, hey, there's a bigger picture to this. It's not just the Grant Vermeer story. This is the Navy basketball story, right? And so how am I going to find my new role? How am I going to accept that role? How am I going to excel in that role to help the team? For me, for all the people who are going through that are experiencing failure and whatever the subject or the theme is, It's trying to take a big picture view. Stop thinking. It's it's one of my favorite quotes here, which is humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, right? You should still, in all these cases, have immense confidence in yourself. You need to believe that you can do these things. But also, if you can take a step back and realize it's not all about you and how can I fit into my role to make this whole thing go? that's amazing. And failure is usually the thing that causes you to step back and realize what's going on and then readjust to make those improvements. That's my thing. If, if you're struggling, if you're having a hard time, if you're failing, just take a step back, realize that maybe you're trying to to pigeonhole yourself into a role that's not going to be the right role for you, right? And then kind of readjust and, and go from there. So um, that's kind of my, my thought process on that, that one.
0: That's, um, that's very good advice. Uh, and thank you for that. Uh, because I'm sure right now there are a lot of uh, pleads in, and especially <laughs> pleads that are that are struggling with the beginning of the academic year. And you also mentioned that uh, one of the biggest challenges for you was emotional because you miss your family, you miss your yeah. ties uh, to your siblings and your parents, and seeing them every day and just being part of everyday life, right? So what was the most helpful thing that your parents did to support you while you were at USNA? Because it was a difficult time for you.
1: Yeah, um, they they showed up. Mm. They showed up. I'm a firm believer in the power of presence. My parents showed up for me. This is not trying to talk about any other family situations because that might not be an option for people, right? right? And so I'm not saying you need to hop on a plane and get out there. But for me, again, what my parents did was show up for me in the way that I needed, right? And and it's really difficult because I was doing a really bad job of like communicating to them how I needed to be helped, right? Cuz you're so focused and ingrained in your own struggle that you're going through right now right. that it was really hard to communicate what I needed. They FaceTime, they 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 called me, they talked to me, and when I wasn't wanting to talk, they accepted that, right? I think that can be tough at times cuz I think we you know, we want to help so badly that like, if you're not working, you try and force it and it just causes this even more extreme resentment or frustration, right? Because, you know, there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing worse than being a midshipman. And you're trying to tell a story and your parents are like, what's that mean? And you're like, I'm a, I don't have 15 minutes to, to explain to you what it means, right? And you're just like, right. ah, like, I don't, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to explain this to you. It makes the Naval Academy experience really difficult because of that factor. I'm just really grateful for my parents because they showed up and when I wasn't in the place to, to have a conversation or talk, they, they accepted that because I'm really grateful.
0: So for parents that are out there, and we mentioned that hopping on a plane may not be possible because each family goes through their own journey and they have their own things, right? But mm-hmm. uh, basically, you would say that to, to be present in the way that they can be. Whether it's flying out there or calling or FaceTiming or Zooming or, or however they feel would help their mid to, to connect with them. And then the second thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, would be to accept and meet their midshipmen where they are. Meaning that if they can't talk for long or they can't explain the situation or if they, they just want you to listen you just kind of have to grin and bear it. <laughs>
1: uh, it's, in a a, way. it's a little bit it's a little bit of what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this is this is where I just want to take a quick interlude and just thank you again for everything that you do for the Naval Academy community. Because my number one piece of advice to to parents in this perspective is the best thing that you can do to better your relationship with your child or niece or nephew, whoever it is at the academy is by educating yourself as best as you can about what life is like, so that way you can understand, Yeah. right? And this is why I think everything that you do is so amazing because uh-huh. if as a parent, you're able to be like, oh yes, I know what chopping means, or I know what this means, or yeah, uh-huh. I know what goes on during um, color week or, what, or like whatever the case may be, right? Right. right? It can just, it can reduce the burden on your child to have to explain these things, right? And so, um, you know, to, to be a part of a community like you and everything you do and what what I've done with Academy Insider and the community that we've been able to build with Academy Insider and everything you do for the parents. It's so um, uh, amazing because I think we really can with simple simple actions kind of bridge the the miscommunication and lack of understanding gap between what's going on. In, in the life of your son or daughter or right. whoever your midshipman is. Right. Yeah. And so. Um,
0: no, and I'm so glad that you mentioned, you know, that sometimes you don't have time. A lot of, not only sometimes, a lot of times you don't have time. I remember my kids, they, they didn't have time. And I remember texting them and I'd get a text to reply a week later. Um, and I learned to expect it. And I learned to accept it, as you're mentioning, Because I knew they were busy. I knew what their day was like, because I had mentors who walked me through that, right. Um, And so I thank you two for sharing your experience from the midshipman perspective and the officer perspective in that,
1: Um, Mm -hmm. that as
0: parents, sometimes we have this idyllic romantic view that you know we're we're part of uh, the naval academy family and and we have our kids of course our midshipmen but we expect them you know if we text we expect them to jump and text back and that's not the case and i can't (laughs) tell you how many times we we had checked and double checked dates and we had rented a house based on the schedule that our kids had given us and we get there
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and plans change (laughs) And they have a project and they have this okay so here we are with this beautiful rented house. And we're basically running coffee and running meals to the academy because they have a project they have a deadline they have to meet, and they can't leave. And we just learn to do life on our own. And we're like, okay, let's go into D.C. Okay, let's go here. Let's go visit friends. And mom, can you bring six coffees? Okay, we're gonna go bring six coffees. And then we'd go into our mm-hmm. own thing. It's like, mom, can you bring lunch for four? Can you bring dinner for eight? And we d- wouldn't get mad. How can you get mad? Their schedule changes, and
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I think you'll agree that the one constant in the military is change. Everything always changes.
1: Always. All the time. <laughs> All. Yeah.
0: Tell me, uh, kind of thinking again, jumping ahead one more step, there are so many opportunities that are available to the Naval Academy. So we're talked about opportunities about incredible mentors, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there are opportunities for LRECs, which are language, regional expertise, culture uh, trips Mm -hmm. that they take to different areas of the world. Because honestly, as a Naval officer, you're almost an ambassador. You're representing your nation, you're a member of the military, you have to interact with diplomats, so you have to know your stuff, right? There are also uh, study exchange programs with other Naval Academies. There's grad school. If you're ahead in your matrix, you can start grad school early. What ad- what opportunities did you take advantage of? Um, and mm-hmm. how did you find out about these amazing opportunities?
1: Yeah, you know, what's really amazing is that the, the midshipman experience can go so many different paths mm-hmm. and you can experience so many different things. And that's why... I'm excited for Academy Insider to to come back and it no longer be Grant for talking about everything, but rather a, us really rebuilding a community of all of these recent graduates mm-hmm. and andshipman um, to talk about their experience because there's so many things because here's my answer to your question. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I unfortunately, I wasn't able to take advantage of a lot of opportunities because as a varsity athlete, so some teams have um, the ability to do fun summer trainings and all this stuff, basketball, one of the summer blocks was practice. So we had to practice, right? And so um, you have, you take summer school and you practice. So that way, like we would take navigation or whatever the case was during the summer, you take it as a summer school course. And then you would practice. So you would have a month of practice, a month of summer school. So that when you get back to the act year, you can have a six period blocker because your practice starts at three o'clock. You're, you're up for formation. You, sh- you go to breakfast, you go to class, You all this stuff. Class is done at 220. You go straight to practice and you have a division one sports practice from three to six, right? And so um, so in order to kind of facilitate that, you take summer school and all these things. So for me, my summer experience was summer cruise, right? Which is you just go on a ship, but that everyone has to do that. Right, like everyone has to do that. You have summer school and practice for me, and then the third block, I could have had an opportunity to do an LREC or some of these summer programs, but that means I had to give up my month of leave.
0: Right, right? like I had to give
1: up a month of being home. And I wasn't right. gonna do that. Yeah, right? I mean, if, if yeah, you've yeah. learned anything over the course of this episode, I was not giving up a month at home. Zero percent chance. Zero <laughs> yeah. percent chance. You and my um, you and my
0: kids, because that they always they always took third block and there is nothing that would stop them from coming home. Yep.
1: No way. No way. You yeah. you need that reset, right? And so, you know, a lot of times some midshipment have that opportunity where I was normally doing summer school. That was what we consider your like professional development block. Right. Um, you could do these things like special summer programs and do these LRECs and um, these trips to Estonia or whatever the case is right, the language yeah. development class or like what, there's so many things. Yes, and I don't know I don't know that much about them, right? <laughs> so that's why I'm so excited to to really reinvigorate this community and have people tell their story because the midshipman experience can be so different based on all of the things that you do at the time do, at the academy yeah. and the opportunities that you take advantage of the one cool i would consider a cool program that i did was going into my first year i got to do an internship at the naval postgraduate school out in monterey california and uh that was awesome uh, you know i got a study in, or a study in the the center for cyber warfare out there do an internship and that was great right but Um, I didn't do any of the abroad trips. I didn't do any of the like ambassador type trips. Uh, I I didn't have those opportunities. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for your transparency on that. And I think it's great that you're going to get stories right from the horse's mouth, shall we say, Uh, so that you can get the whole variety because it is true. Each midshipman Mm -hmm. has their own unique journey, depending Mm -hmm. on the opportunities they take advantage of. Yeah. 100%. Um, so you commissioned into the crypto fleet, correct? A cyber That's major. Right. Mm-hmm. And you had some really interesting assignments. And I know that you would probably have to kill me
1: if um, <laughs> if I told you all the details. <laughs> James Bond stuff.